Holy cats, everybody. I was uh, finishing up my work for the day uh, for the state, and I was um, listening to the radio, and uh, I, I got so drawn into this conversation that Joan was having. Uh, and a couple things. I, w- I was wondering if you wanted to continue the conversation because it was so compelling. And so many notes, there were so many things that, that uh, struck me that I wanted to talk about. And I was texting Joan. I'm like, this is so good. So uh, it, it was a, an important conversation. Uh, and it, it, it really, um, for me, made me think of things that, uh, you know, in the back of your mind, you're like, we, we should talk about why people uh, commit crimes and, and how what public safety means uh, it's not just policing that it is uh, caring about each other and and what leads someone to crime and and is our penal system is it meant to you know have someone do their time uh, they're punished and then they should be done and yet I, I got into a big argument years ago the reason there were so many things and what I'm telling you is I came running in here late because I realized Joan was like I, I've gone over in our conversation I'm like oh my gosh I have to get to the station <laughs> but years ago um, there was when Trump won and we had the women's marches not just all over the country but all over the world uh, one of the speakers had um, been incarcerated I believe for about 26 years she as a young person had gotten involved with these people who with some people who um, wanted to rob a rich person they kidnapped them some of the people got very violent and and she spent did her time and she was going to be one of the speakers at the rally and and I thought she did an amazing job. And afterwards, uh, friends of mine, and I've talked about this a lot. I grew up in a community that is predominantly white, uh, is predominantly has a, a significant number of first responders. For as long as I can remember, it has leaned conservative. Uh, and that's evidenced by the elections over the last uh, several cycles, uh, including um, voting Trump, where I grew up in Norwood, uh, was more than 50% for Trump. So I uh, I have a lot of friends that I grew up with that are still in the neighborhood of, I mean, and some who really got swept up by the radicalization of conservatives uh, based on guns, on abortion, religion, um, you know, whites being taken over, all those things. And one of my good friends from grade school, who is now a firefighter, uh, he and I could have conversations, and and I knew, you know, he, we kind of, uh, you know, see things on Facebook, and we'd we'd get into a tussle. And he was one of the people and I've mentioned this before. Whenever we would get into an argument on social media, he would use John Cass as a citation, as a, somehow proof to confirm his argument. And I would tell him that's not. Uh, a journalistic investigation that's not uh, evidence of anything that's someone's opinion that reflects yours that would be like anyone listening to my show well patty vasquez says that uh you know marjorie's middle name is traitor and uh that's my opinion that's uh that's just my take that's my uh my satire and uh as is john cass he's an, an opinion writer uh and he has his his political leanings so uh, my friend and, and I would get into these arguments. And then um, his wife, though, was so much more radical than he was, radical right. 
And uh, she posted an image of this woman speaking at the march, the uh, women's marches. And she's like, is this the kind of person? You know, she, oh, my God. Apparently she gives speaks, speaks in classrooms and and is traveling on the country as a speaker. And I just asked, would you rather she were executed? That's all. I mean, I just I, I don't know what. I mean, either someone has done their time and now they are free to live their lives and then be a speaker and talk uh, about what happens to women in prison and how they get there and what can we do so that we are doing better by people. And, uh, and oh, man. And the thing was, and I, you know, I don't. And they were like, well, you know, one of them said, well, this is the crime she committed, maybe. And. Only my friend knows my story about my brother, my brother and his in his death and and, uh, that he was killed by uh, John Wayne Gacy, as I have told you before, up until I ran for office. Most of the people in my life did not know that. But my friend from the neighborhood did my friend Gary. And uh, and I said, look, even in this conversation, I said, look, um, even with that, even with Gacy being executed, it did not change our lives. And and I'm not saying that that there was a path for Gacy to be released, but you know, if if you're just holding people in prison, if this is just a storage house for people, and you don't ever want them to participate in society again, then what are we doing? Are we housing them? Uh, is this why there's such a, a, a race to execute people in all parts of the country, including people who have uh, intellectual disabilities? Uh, the excitement over executing someone who is trans and and saying, "Oh, look, look at how horrible they are." It, it is uh, our penal system is. First of all, and it's a moneymaker for people. I remember years ago when Governor Quinn signed a renewed contract with a private uh, private private prison, pledging that we would maintain ninety percent capacity in our prisons. How, how does that even work? How do you how do you promise that you will incarcerate and make sure that ninety percent of those beds are full? What, is, what does that look like? And I used to do material about this on stage. And I like you get pulled over for a moving violation and you're like, you know, I pulled you over. I'm like, you got some empty beds. So what you got to fill. So I really encourage folks. Uh, first of all, if you did not hear Joan's conversation with the folks that are uh, the, the, this documentary on Monday on WTTW, go back and listen to her, the interview with her and then uh, watch this documentary uh, on PBS Monday night on WTTW. Um, because uh, it really struck me on a lot of points, and even going back when one of the uh, one of the uh, young men said, "Oh, you can bring Dwayne in. Bring Dwayne in. Somebody bring Dwayne in." Um, I think he'd like this conversation. Or I can pause and I can I can go run and get him. It's okay. Uh, but Dwayne Kennedy will be joining me in, in a moment. But uh, they were talking about what leads someone to commit the crimes that they do, and as hard as it is to imagine, and and I do not speak for any other families uh, that survived the murders of John Wayne Gacy. I do, I do not speak for them. I speak for myself, uh, not even for my father, my sisters, for no one else but me. But learning more about what happened to him as a young child, uh, the way he was tortured by his father, the uh, locking him in the basement, beating him because he wasn't uh, masculine enough. I just think that I sometimes think if he had been loved, if he had been cared for, if he had been even accepted, um, 
I often wonder if my brother might be alive. So this is just something to think about uh, on so many different levels. But it struck me that I've, I've had these conversations. I've uh, had these arguments. And I know we'll continue those conversations. I'm going I'm to take a break just I want to say hi to my friend and let him settle in and not throw him on a mic and be like, what do you think about our prisons, Dwayne? And I, I imagine you've got some thoughts, but I want to let you catch up and catch a breath because uh, you didn't have to race here. Uh, you're my friend, and I'm so happy to have you here. So let's take a quick break. I want to thank our sponsors, Manaqua Brewing, and uh, go to the Patty Vasquez show page and find out where you can pick up some of the progressive brews in the Chicagoland area. Jerry Walski has pinned that right to the top of the page so you can easily find out uh, some of the great locations. We also want to thank our friends at Kids Above All. Go to kidsaboveall.org and find out how you can support their mission to help children reach their potential. And don't forget to keep Warren Price's phone number in your car, 773-248-1200, in case you are in an accident. He's your guy to call, europeanus.com. More after this on WCPT820, Heartland Signal. Stephanie Miller. Both sides don't do it. I hate to say it. I'm not saying there aren't, you know, some people that are awful on the left as well. But in general, I saw nothing but compassion and empathy for Ted Cruz, as awful as we feel he is politically, because this is a child. It'd be something that is just human, you know, and not something that should be partisan. But like I say, you know, the fact that they thought it was funny that an 80-something-year-old man was bludgeoned is just the difference between us. Stephanie Miller, weekday mornings, 8 to 11, on WCPT 820. You're listening to WCPT 820, because facts matter. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. Thank you so much for joining us on this uh, actually lovely Tuesday afternoon. And uh, I'm going to geek out for a moment and I'm going to make things really corny because uh, one of my favorite, really, I say this a bit. And when I say someone's my favorite human being, I do mean it. But there are some that have like a little bit higher status in that pecking order. Uh, Dwayne Kennedy joins me in studio. Uh, We've known each other my entire career. I don't know how long Dwayne's been doing this, but I've been a comic since 1995. So I believe I've known you since pretty much the very beginning. Hi, Dwayne. How are you doing? Hey, Patty. Fine. How are you? How are you? Very well. The first time I really worked with you, I think, was at that, remember those Chicago comedy festivals that Dan Carlson put together? Mm -hmm. And we were like on Fresh Mugs or something like Mm -hmm. that. That's how much we were babies. Yeah. But you were already established. Yeah. I was doing it. And then I, um, you know, I was in L.A. for a while and kind of, yeah, so I was out there. And then... um, when I came back to Chicago, I came back just as they were having the festival. Okay. Yeah. So that's probably when we met, I think. Cause you, I, but I remember you from open mics, too. Do you remember Hitchcock's? I don't know oh, if you remember. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, that, yeah. That's the first time I think I remember seeing you. Yeah. And then, uh, and then the festival, and then it, like all the zanies, and yeah. Right. Right, right, right. Hitchcock's that became the monkey bar that yes? became closed. I ran that as an open mic. I had an open mic called Stage Fright there for a little bit. Okay. I let it go because, you know, it was, um, I didn't know what quite, it was going by what other people did, Mm -hmm. right? Which was, you let anybody go up, but I tried having it, like, you need to be here at least a half an hour before Mm -hmm. we start, or 15 minutes. Like, people would come after the show started, they would want to get on, and I, you know, I'd be like, all right. And then, after I let them on the show, they would go up and complain about how apparently this open mic has rules. I'm like, oh my God. Right, right, right. Yeah, um, yes, it was so many ways. The, I'll say the, the the cat that ran Hitchcock's Jim, mm-hmm. I can't remember his last name, but he was a good guy and he loved comedy. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, that's the thing you do, man. Open mics and oh, yeah. I haven't. I don't. 
I remember you were established and coming out and doing open mics. Sometimes I get teased. Um, I don't remember. It's like one of those guys, like you know, the the white guys, like uh, Andy Woodhall and and uh, you know Pat McGann, oh, like, so, like in the, that group of mm-hmm. comics that uh, that this, the environment has to be perfect for for Patty to go and do comedy, <laughs> which is not true because when I go do private shows, I've stood on the back of a pickup truck in the middle of a field. Yeah, I've uh, I've you know been in in the, a bar where no one knows there's a comedy show that's going to start up. I've been in, you know, Kearney, Nebraska to Rapid City, South Dakota, all over the Midwest. It's just open mics is performing for comics. That's, that's the thing. Right? And because of that, sometimes it's not, you can't get an accurate gauge of what civilians are going to like. Because a lot of times comics will laugh at things nobody else will laugh at. Right. And they won't laugh at things that a lot of civilians will laugh at. You know? Yeah. Yeah, it's just and it's so much like uh, judging. It was it was too much, you know. And plus, Mm -hmm. I had like, okay, for a while. I don't know if you know this. For a while, you and I had the same person booking us. Our friend Rick Geezer was trying to get us gigs, Mm -hmm. and he he was he would like you and I struggle getting books bookings sometimes. Mm -hmm. And he was like, it was really hard for him to get us work, even though we were headliners, we had TV credits. Mm -hmm. And he's like, it's you know specifically about the way we look, right. Right. <laughs> the way you look or the gender you are and the kind of, kind of places they're trying to book you in. Yeah. So that's the whole thing. It's crazy. So I've, uh, I'm trying to amend that, you know, <laughs> open up open up my uh, um, access in, to play to different audiences and different demographics, you know. Well, I'm trying to figure out a way because we have a nice reach here of finding like small theaters. That's my goal mm-hmm. and taking like some comics and, you know, I'm starting to book some rooms. So that's my yeah, goal. You book so me in a room. Thanks, Patty. <laughs> Keep it coming. <laughs> There's more to come. Tata's Kitchen and Social is on the verge, hopefully, of uh, being able to go uh, weekly. So we're going to be doing oh, that. Yeah? yeah. Tata's? Tata's, yes. All right, then. <laughs> Talking about comedy, right? Yes, okay. I'm talking about comedy. Right. Um, so I don't know if you had a chance. So the the show right before me was uh, talking. There's a documentary. They were talking about uh, the prison system, and it's life after prison. Is a documentary uh, that's the, the documentary on Monday on WTTW. Okay. And they're talk- they, these young men were talking, and, and the documentary also covers women. But right now, that the guests that were on were talking about a couple things, and one topic that struck me was, you know, the I, the fact that after prison. You're not done paying the price for what you did. The right, idea the, is... Right, right. Depending on what you've done, right. you, you'll never be done paying the price. No. Yeah. And, and that it holds people back from getting employment. And the thing is, is that, is that do you not think that the prison system, you know, for employers, did its job? That Then you need to go talk to the prison system and, like, right. what are we doing to make sure that people are ready to go after prison? Right. Make it, make it, make it truly rehabilitation and not revenge. Yes. Yeah. It is. It's revenge. Yeah, because it's yeah. Generally, it's just revenge, you know. And and trying to placate you, 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 they try to placate the masses. I guess the un the unconvicted. So it, it appeases to their revenge fantasy, but it ultimately doesn't serve anybody because now these people get out of prison. They still have no skills. They might be better criminals, and now you got that to deal with. You know, it's just like now with you finding, you know, when when uh, poverty is confined to particular neighborhoods more so and crime is in those neighborhoods more so and pervasive, that was fine. But now it's starting to spill over, you know, 
And ultimately, inevitably, that's what's going to happen. So what you think is somebody else's problem today is going to be your problem tomorrow. And I've said that for years, that this city would rather wall off the communities that they think that every time there's a shooting, they're like, well, it's going to be in Austin Gage or that's going right. to be in Roseland. Let's just put a wall around them and let them kill each other. Is right. the way people right. have behaved for decades. Right, right. And well, that's this whole country and this founding. Let's put a wall around everything we don't like or agree with, you know. And, and and the wall has actually started in people's minds because yes. you know first of all you're not even trying to reach out or understand or have any empathy to show well, what what do people need people need the same things we all need you know opportunity and you know sustenance and a means to make a living everybody needs that but when you when you otherize and demonize and you know and 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 um um like you said diminish and marginalize folks and just think somehow. That's never going to affect you. Then, if, if the thing is, if you can't be a decent human being, if you can't do things because they're the right things as, as a human being and in a in a humanitarian way, you know, then think about it selfishly. That your problem is, is going to become my problem. Yeah. So. And and people don't don't think of it that way. And like, look, every mayoral candidate right now, every alderman running aldermanic candidate right now mm-hmm. is saying public safety. Right. And it's and almost all of them are. It's about more police on the streets. Right. And they all and they're all worried about sort of walking that fine line of. But we also mean support the police. But we want people to feel like they're safe because there's high visibility of police. And it is, you know, I remember whenever there's a lot of violence or something happens, uh, especially in the summer, whether it was Trump or even before him, people wanting to call in the National Guard. This is always the reaction right. rather than what is happening. Right. I had friend, I have a friend in the police department. Last summer, I don't know if you were back in Chicago yet, but they the mayor had a curfew for teenagers for Grant Park. After like 9 o'clock, they were no longer allowed because there were these big groups of kids, some of them that had weapons, uh, you know, roaming around, and, and it got out of control. And they're like, that's it. No more uh, teenagers after 9 o'clock. Right. right. And so now you're limiting people. Like the downtown area is not for you. It's right. for our tourists. It's right. for our rich people. It's for our families who you know hang out with their kids and have that luxury. Right, right. Know? And well, and and also, I mean, it's a it's a um, what is it that uh, sort of a negative feedback loop? Because in the, if if there's nothing to offer in the neighborhoods that they live, you know that right. poor folks live, black people live, uh, brown folks live, wherever wherever neighborhoods are impoverished and there's nothing there and there's no opportunities, then you know not to say. Again, they should have uh, access in every neighborhood just because that's the thing to do. But again, if you can't even operate on that uh, principle, then have things in their neighborhood to do. So if you don't want them to come downtown, want black folks to come down, which I mean, that's not going to happen. But you know what I mean? Well, that's why I, so I told my friend this. I said, you remember when these big parties started at North Avenue Beach? So people would post, hey, everyone meet up at North Avenue. And all of a sudden, like around 2012 or 2013, big groups of people were going to North Avenue Beach. And they had to shut the whole thing down because and it was before the guards were there and everything. Yeah. Because they were having barbecues and, every, and, and volleyball games. But fights would break out. And I said, that was 2012. We are now in 2022, which was last year. Imagine if we had invested in those communities, if we had gotten, like, we had really invested in programs yeah. and resources 10 years ago. Now yeah. we're not, maybe we're, don't we, we have opportunities in those communities or programs for kids. Yeah, but I don't think, I, I mean, obviously, evidently, there's not a consensual 
genuine will to do mm-hmm. that. There's yeah. not. Um, because basically, you know, I think that this whole system is designed to herd people into the legal system, you know, because they need customers. Yeah. They need customers. Judges got to work. Cops got to work. Investigators got to work. Those people got to work. And if we don't have customers. Right. Yeah. So I think. Yeah. I, when I when you were coming in, I was talking about. I used to do a bit, and you know that I struggle with doing political humor. I I keep I put it here, mm-hmm. and then on stage it's autobiographical, or you know I'm, mm-hmm. I, I have to wear spanks, that kind of thing. But <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but I'll try. It's it is why I started doing comedy. I mm-hmm. love Jimmy Tingle and Will Durst. And okay, yeah, those were my those were my comics, and and George Carlin, right? Yeah, and uh, and so I had every once in a while I'll try, and sometimes it works. But it was uh, Pat Quinn, our former governor. Mm-hmm. Yep, uh, before Rauner and before JB, but he uh, he had signed a contract for, with the private prison system that he would maintain ninety percent capacity in our prisons. Yeah. So if you sign a contract, like, so how does that work? Right. You have to go right. after people for everything. Yeah. So my joke was when you get pulled over and the cop says, "You know, I pulled you over." Yeah, you got some empty beds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's essentially it. Yeah. Right. It's just like it's just like the NFL draft. You know, we we need prospects. Yeah. Yeah, man, it's... Guess what? It's bad, Patty. I don't know if you heard. <laughs> I was uh, back in the 90s. Uh, Owen Smith and I were coming from uh, Old Town Alehouse. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was driving. And he was going to drop me off. I lived in Lincoln Square. And uh, and the light the lights started going off. And he... I mean, it was the first time for me that I had ever seen a friend of mine panic like this. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was trying to breathe, had his hands on the steering wheel. He was like, I'm going to get in trouble for having a white woman in the car. Yeah. Like all, and the cop came up and he goes, uh, are you Owen Smith? And he's like, yes, I am. And, uh, and he just, it was something with his a taillight or something. I don't know. And uh, after the cop left, Owen goes, I thought he knew my name because he saw me do comedy. Owen <laughs> <laughs> said, yes, I do. Would you like an autograph? Yes, I would. Right here. <laughs> oh, it was, uh, yeah, it's one of my favorite memories of, uh, yeah, what a good guy. Do you ever see Owen? I know he was doing commercials and. Yeah, Owen yeah. is, yeah, Owen. I saw Owen, was it last summer? I think it was last summer in New York. I, first of all, Owen's a great friend of mine and we, we correspond frequently. Um, but I saw him in, in New York. He was, he was the head writer. Uh, for the last season of the last OG uh, oh. with with Tracy Morgan. Okay. Yeah. So he was he was in New York. They were shooting the nice. Yeah, shooting it up. So I'm shooting the episodes. Yes. I say. Um, and uh, so he's in, right now. He's he's working on pilots and you know he's uh, working on a project. I don't know if I should say, but that's okay. Well, it was, no, but you know he's with D. L. Hughley. Oh, nice. Yeah, they're trying to develop something. Okay, great. So we'll see what happens. And uh, Dwayne, by the way, also a writer-producer for United Shades of America and the TBS with Kamal Bell. And yes. what was the one on TBS? I always forget the name of it. Oh, uh, the FX was uh, FX, Totally Biased. Totally Biased with yeah. Kamal Bell and Dwayne Kennedy. I was watching... Uh, uh, I was watching one of your clips. <laughs> I just, I, I'm so happy to have. I'm like, I'm a fan and a friend, and it's weird. It's complicated for me. <laughs> so let's take a break here. We're talking to Dwayne Kennedy. Uh, we've got a, a a caller on the line. We'll take his call when we come back. Seven seven three seven six three nine two seven eight. If you want to join our conversation, you can call or text. And I am giving away a fifty dollar gift card to Brown Sugar Bakery. They are ready to send your presents, your treats to friends and loved ones anywhere in the uh, continental. United States. They've got cupcakes and candies and cakes and 
all those things. So let's see, just uh, text Valentine's to 773-763-9278. Again, that, that is a Valentine's for your chance to win a $50 gift card from Brown Sugar Bakery. More in a moment on WCPT 820 Heartland Signal. Jonas Esposito, live, local, and progressive on WCPT Willow Springs, is powered by ComEd. See how ComEd is preparing for a clean energy future at comed.com slash clean energy. Chicago's progressive talk, WCPT 820. That's what happens when you push all the buttons at the same time. See, having Dwayne in the studio is making me nervous. Actually, I have to tell him this because uh, he was telling me a story that uh, uh, some one, you know, the, where, where things come from. And the other night, we were working at uh, Zanies in Rosemont. Um, what a great show was! Yeah. Oh my! I mean, like that yeah. was that was heavy hitters. <laughs> I don't I don't think I've ever been. A, I was so nervous, Dwayne. I mean, you know how we all get. Especially, like I said, performing for each other is one of the hardest things to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, there was a woman following you, and she was, I would have been the same way. She was anxious. Maggie, <laughs> Maggie DiPaolo, and uh, I uh, pulled her because she was like, I'm so nervous. And I go, I go, I held her hand, and I go, this is your room, that's your stage. Yeah, that matter. was great advice, Patty, because she was great. She was great. Yeah. But, but it doesn't, someone told me this years ago, it doesn't matter what happened before you, it's your turn. Take it. That's it. That, that's great advice. Yeah. Well, I've been doing this for twenty-seven years, well. and I've had advice from people like you. You, I mean, I, you know, I tell this story over and over and over. I made, I made Bobcat Goldthwait laugh at this because he, he came in uh, after your set. We were in the green room, and he was laughing. He's like, he's really good. And I said, uh, I said, I know. I wanted him to help me write years ago, and you, and we were at the stairwell at Zanies, and you go, no. But I will tell you this: stop apologizing for your material. Say it or don't say it. But if you say it, stand behind it. And I sometimes still apologize. I'll be honest. Well, I mean, you know, yeah. But, <laughs> but I remember it, that. I mean, like, it's, yeah. it's meaningful and it's had an impact. So thank you. You're welcome. And I mean, I have to be mindful to follow that advice myself. You know what I mean? It's like when you a lot of times when you when you're giving someone advice, you're actually talking to yourself. Sure. Yeah. And so for me. There's still I, I still am cognizant and mindful to want to push things or, you know, there's believe me. I've held back on a lot of things I've had an idea about or thought about. And did so, really? yeah, I, I did that. The, I Almost yeah. everything I hold back. <laughs> but go ahead. You, no, no, just, um, yeah, I've done that. I want to do that less. Mm-hmm. Certainly. I want to. But I sometimes say, I said, you know what, if I if I said everything the way I actually thought about it, I'd be funnier and I'd have no friends. <laughs> but there is like um I don't know how to say it. like what I've been trying to do is that say it the way I want to into mm-hmm. my into my phone, right? So I, it records. I have a there's an app called uh Auto which is it goes right to text. Okay. So you can say it and it transcribes it pretty well. Mm-hmm. And so I do that and then I never go back and check because I'm like I'm not going to say that on stage. Ah, <laughs> uh, or, or just you say things that you just say that I want to say on stage. Day. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I but I I've you know, I get logged. Like Kevin Bozeman uh, is taking me on the road with him to feature for him because he's like, "You have got." I, if I see that bit one more time. <laughs> um, but what I loved on Sunday night was uh, we were talking about fundraising, and you're like, "Oh yeah, I forgot about." I mean, like it was so wonderful to not only see you think, "Oh, I have a bit about raising money for campaigns," yeah. and then to see it, like it was just wonderful. And I want to talk about that because it was when it was brilliant about when President Obama when he was running for office and how much he raised. Yeah. It's crazy how. 
much candidates have to raise in order to wage a campaign. That's the first test of integrity. <laughs> what am I going to do? I made a billion bucks. Do I continue this campaign or am I out of here? You're not wrong. I mean, I raised 130. I'm like, how did I raise 100? I've never made 130 thousand dollars in my life. And I respect you for remaining in the race. I respect you for remaining uh, in town. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. It's been nice. It's been nice. Yeah. I even left. Uh, we decided to leave money in the tank, meaning we left $10,000 on the table because at some point it becomes body blow after body blow. Mm-hmm. Over $700,000 was spent against my hundred and my little 120. Oh, wow. And it's hard to cut through all of that, right? And yeah. then there's the manpower, the incumbent, all these different things. Mm-hmm. And we held on to it in case I wanted to run again. We wanted to. We actually left. I think we had more than that because we wanted to pay everyone in the campaign that had worked hard. We wanted to give the campaign manager a bonus and the volunteer coordinator, all those folks. Okay. And I, so I still have 7000 and I've had it for three years because that was investment from people who believed in me in running. So what mm-hmm. I, the, I sometimes I give it to nonprofits, mm-hmm. you know, like for a market or for a candidate I really believe in. So that's what I've been doing. Or maybe oh, crap, you do. I shouldn't have said that out loud. <laughs> <laughs> uh, tapped out. Can, I'm tapped out. <laughs> you can take it and put it on the Eagle Sunday. Uh, <laughs> You know, <laughs> are you really a gambler? I know you talked about that on uh, on uh, at the Laugh Factory. Yeah, are you a gambler? A little bit. All right. Yeah. I uh, my dad. I mean, was you a know gambler. what? Yeah. Oh, I didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah, you go. But here's the thing, Patty. We are all gamblers, and this what we're doing is a crapshoot. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you you know, with different forms of gambling. Yes, yeah. I, I, my dad was a gambler, my, but my dad was like the horses and the mm. slots and the you know poker and stuff like that. It, it didn't go well. <laughs> just what say. gambling but, didn't go well? <laughs> I don't know, Patty. Maybe. Well, this was when they remember when the boats had to leave the shore, and then they'd be trapped you, on the boats. You know how ridiculous that whole and you. Yep. What what do you what do you attribute to there being gambling boats in the first place? What is what is your uh, uh, Mississippi uh, Mark Twain fans? Yeah, <laughs> you know what it is, and I don't mean uh, you, you know what it is, <laughs> Patty. Here's a, as a dude, you, naturally I know everything. No, but this is my opinion. Yes, all that was was an appeasement to some archaic. Puritan, mm-hmm. you know, it's a, uh, it's a sin. It's one of the sins. Yeah, it's a sin. We think it's a sin. We're we're, we're we're conflicted between our fake piousness and our greed and our and money. Right. So we're gonna get the money, but in order to appease those in this fake Puritan attitude, we're gonna not have it. The place that we get the money touch the shore. <laughs> right. That was what it was. It's ridiculous. <laughs> and then, remember, so it went from we're going to have you sail out to soak you mm-hmm. and then come back <laughs> on land where we can act like nothing ever happened. Yeah. Then they said, what are we doing? We're spending money on fuel. Mm-hmm. All that. Now they had boats, but they're just mounted. Yep. And then they said, what are we doing? Take the boats and we're just going to build a building. <laughs> And get to where we want to get to eventually anyway. Yeah. It's ridiculous, man. Well, and then it was just in Indiana, so people would go to Indiana. And yeah. then people in Illinois were like, well, we should get some of that money. Then you got Joliet. Then you have the yeah. off-track betting part. Oh, the off-track betting powers was part of what crushed my dad, too. Right? Because then, oh. then it's it's the races all over the country now he can bet on. Right? He, right. He used to go visit me in Champaign. Visit me. Because there was an off-track <laughs> betting. <laughs> no, hey, Pat, there's no TV in Champaign. I'm in 
uh, it's only about a two and a half hour drive. Hey, Patty, how you doing down here? Yeah, you know, I've been thinking about you. I've been thinking about you. I've been thinking about the third race. I've been thinking about a lot of things. <laughs> it, it, it was uh, it was a lot. It was, uh, but I and I remember uh, I, I've never I've, I've I, Rick Hewitt. Right, mm-hmm. the, the owner of Zanies who passed away about over a decade ago. I was going to Vegas to do some festival, and he gave me a hundred dollars, and he said, uh, "Drop it, uh, drop it on the twenty dollars slots." Mm-hmm. Uh, so I lost forty, and I was like, nah, "I lost it all. I can't take it. I yeah. put twenty in the machine, and it's gone." I'm like, "That's yeah. like a, that's a dinner, right? You know, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. the only game where yeah, if you're losing, it's it's bad. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I can't do it. Nickel slots. I remember I had to play the Oneida Casino, and I was like, "I'll play the nickel slots. That's fine." You, have you heard those stories about? Uh, um, I don't know who you know some casinos that they were back, I don't know how it works but you know it's, it's, they knew a cat was kind of a gambler they'd pay him like in the middle of the week because they know by the end of the week yes yeah 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 I have heard those stories the, yeah. the one up in Nagani not Nagani the other side um, it's got a French name Saint-Marie right Oh, Suze Marie? No, is it right? Su- Suze Marie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there, there's a casino there, and I remember that I had heard stories there. Yeah, I have more. I have more questions about our our, our careers on the road. Hold on a second. Right. Matt wants to join our conversation. Matt, are you going? Are we going back to the last conversation? What's on your mind, Matt? Oh God! Oh, it's you, First Matt. All, hi. hi, Matt. Hi. I thought this said SWAT. I thought hi. it was. I thought it was going to be a cop, Lady B. I was like SWAT. <laughs> No, no, but this is about that. Okay. So, I'm sorry. I was hoping they'd take me after the comedian, who's very funny. I didn't catch your name. Though. It's Dwayne Kennedy, and he's... But, yes, go ahead. Dwayne Kennedy, I, I, I beseech you. We need you on the air more. Become a partner and co-host of the Better Best Show. Okay, done. <laughs> Next <laughs> caller. No. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead, Matt. Uh, uh, um, so, apparently... This guy was walking down the street, and he saw this lady with two dogs who were, okay, they were off the leash, but I'm sure that they were directly in front of her, not doing anything except eating and pooping. Um, and the dogs decided to follow him a little bit, and then he shot both dogs oh! and decided to run into an apartment and barricade himself. Oh, my God. Uh, there's there's SWAT all over Lakeview. Oh, you're talking about right now. Sir, I'm so confused. There's SWAT all over Lakey. Oh, yeah, no, right now. Oh man. Okay, hold on. I gotta. Sometimes, well, I, Matt, you know this. I was hoping you'd take me after Dwayne because I'm like, let's not kill the mood. But oh no, he's here for the whole show. You can't take me after. You can't. Dwayne's here. Dwayne is co-hosting today. <laughs> oh, I won't be walking okay. my dogs though. I know that after this. <laughs> That's insane. Nice. Okay. Tell me again. What uh, what area is this? I haven't seen anything come up, but I will look for. Uh, right between. Uh, yes, uh, Wellington and Diversity. Uh, okay. By replay, everything's blocked off. Um, yep, here we go. Uh, I'll pull up the story right now. SWAT surrounds building in Lakeview after two dogs were shot. Uh, there's a lo- large Chicago police and SWAT presence in Lakeview. Uh, three dogs were shot uh, on the 1000 block of West Chicago Street. And uh, this was right before 2 p.m. So uh, I'm guessing I, I don't see a... Uh, any sort of story that says that he's been apprehended. Uh, it continues. 40 minutes ago, yeah, it was barricaded in a Lakeview home. And I'm looking at the cross street. So it's still on George. 
Uh, yeah, I'm taking a look. So it's a 1,000 block of West George. So uh, again, if you are, and maybe that's why you had trouble with traffic, although it's way far east from where we are, Dwayne. But um, okay, yeah, it's, it's, I think Man. it's way far. Matt, oh my God, thank you for letting us know. How terrifying. Um, here, I'll, I can change this up again for a second. So Matt used to listen to the show when I was on the on WGN. Okay. And, uh, and so Dwayne came on a few times there. How much different is this? But I mean, like, I mean, I know I'm not saying like the environment, but the the temperature. Oh yeah, the feel of you it. seem more relaxed. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking. About. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You seem you seem more relaxed. I can talk about all this stuff. Yeah, yeah. all the things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 you don't get the calls. Seems more relaxed. Yeah, you yeah. You don't have to worry about her Hall of Fame picture winding up in some random building and. Elgin or wherever the heck it is. <laughs> I was I was never gonna have a Walk of Fame plaque. That was never gonna happen. That that die was cast the minute we called Rahm Emanuel at two in the morning. That was never gonna happen. Yeah, yeah, you were done. Wait, Clock was ticking what? at that point. It was ticking at that point. Yeah. yeah. What was that, Matt? You called Rahm Emanuel at two a.m. I did not. My producers did. By the way, so here's the thing. Like, if I told Lady B, Lady B, could you do me a favor and call Rahm Emanuel right now? She'd be like, <laughs> "You're crazy, right?" Like. <laughs> <laughs> and what they always told me at WGN was I was not my producer's boss. Like you know that that's not how it worked. And that all, but all of a sudden they, they, they didn't they didn't preface that, preface that with little lady. <laughs> uh, listen, little lady, uh, definitely implied. Oh my <laughs> like, god, lady, lady B's gonna be like that's inappropriate. I'm not gonna do that. So yeah, that was that, Jeez. That, so the producer. I, I have no. I don't know how to. You've heard me press these buttons here, Matt. You think I'm calling? <laughs> I don't know how that works. I barely get you on the air, my friend. Well, I understand. That. I mean, as long as there, as long as you don't call me little lady, you can call me wench. Wench. <laughs> I appreciate that. But yeah, I so yeah, it's a uh, it's it's wonderful, and I'm so happy when you call. And thank you for letting us know that there's a, a situation happening in Lakeview again, 1,000 block of West George. I'm guessing in the surrounding areas, there's probably helicopters and streets blocked off. So if that's on your route anywhere, please be advised and uh, use your ways. Ways will update you. Go hug your dog. Go hug your dog. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Man, shot two dogs. Three. Three dogs. Yep. Three dogs. That's really sad. Actual so dogs. Anyway, uh, I'll I'll talk to you tomorrow on the what's the point of going on after seven o'clock. <laughs> Love you lot. Thank you so much, Matt. Have a good one. Matt's one of the people that was uh, always begging that I have more time, and that was very sweet. So oh, I used to be yeah. on for one hour because I just didn't know if this was going to work. And, oh, and the station, oh, here. Yeah, the station was very gracious to so let me because uh, I worked during the day all day, mm-hmm. and then I have this, and then I'm still doing comedy. And it turns out I have a husband who's like, yeah, go do that thing because otherwise you bug me. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm at home. Like I want to talk about politics. Said, That's an hour less things you have to say to me. <laughs> take that hour, Patty. But that extra listen, hour. He listens to the show. That's what's so great about it. He'll yeah. text. He contributes to the show. It's yeah. fantastic. But yeah. then he has the option. You know, he's listening. He's not listening. He's doing some other stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> he's averting eye contact. You know. <laughs> the sad thing is, okay. You know, let's take a break here and let's talk about going into the comedy zone. I don't know if, what you call it, but the t- the period of time before you do a set that. People really shouldn't try to talk to you in your life. Oh, yeah. More in a moment on WCPT 820 Heartland Signal. We're hanging out with comedian Dwayne Kennedy. What, you, what show do you have coming up? CD and Me's. Hey, that's and, a great venue. Yeah, I like it's that place. big, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's in Freeport, right? Frankfurt. Frankfurt. Frankfurt, Illinois. I've heard it both ways. Yeah, yeah. Frankfurt, Illinois. And what yeah. day is that? 
Uh, Saturday, February 11th. This Saturday. This Saturday. Excellent. So that's at uh, CD and Me. Uh, you can find their website, their Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Get your tickets to see Dwayne Kennedy this Saturday night. You don't. This is seriously. I I want to go up there. <laughs> because facts matter. You are listening to WCPT 820. Vasquez is taking your calls now. At 773-763-9278. Driving it home with Patty Vasquez. Now on WCPT 820. I am going to take your calls. Uh, Let me wrap up this uh, thought that I had about uh, being in the zone. Uh, My husband messaged me. He goes, uh, it's actually show mode. You go into show mode. And it can be anywhere from about a half an hour before I do a show to uh, six, seven, eight hours, depending on what I want to accomplish that night, where my mind goes. Dwayne, do you... Do you have a show mode? Do you have a zone? Uh, yeah, I do. Um, it, it, like you said, it's circumstantial. Yeah. Um, you always need to get your mind right, but depending on the show, sometimes it takes a little less time to get your mind right. Sometimes you got a little less pressure, more pressure. Uh, I'm at the point now. Some well, you know, since I just started going back on stage in October. After, you know, once the pandemic started, I, I got off stage. I was off for like over two and a half years. Right. So a lot of stuff is coming back to me. Not only I, I wrote new bits, but then new, you know, new bits are coming. Old bits are coming back to me. But also my procedure is coming back to me. Things that I used to do to prepare is like, oh, yeah, that's right. I used to do this. I do this. I, I would say a thing I might say before I go on stage. So those things are coming yep. back as well. I've been doing that, too. Like visual. For me, I try to visualize. Like That's why I had to do Sunday night because I was incredibly nervous. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about Bobcat again in a minute. But uh, we're talking to D- Dwayne Kennedy. He's a comedian, a writer, and producer, uh, an actor. And uh, I, I, there's a thing I do where I touch my, each one of my fingers just to, to center myself, to mm. like just breathe. I'm here. I'm doing this. Uh, this is what I'm doing. That kind of thing. Just to like, instead of like, oh God, there, you know, Dwayne's here and, and, you know, the manager of Zanies and I hope I'll get work again. Or if I don't do well, like we, it just, it spirals sometimes. Yeah. 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 And I, I wonder, you know, not to get in your head or assume anything about anybody, but I wonder, maybe of a certain generation, groups that women, non-white males do you feel more pressure and does your position feel more precarious as if if I go on stage and say something that someone deems offensive or this or that there's a greater likelihood that I will not be booked here again so you start to constrict and edit yourself you know, I don't know. I th- oh. I think that has to factor in. You know, I I know it has over when I first started. Like it would factor in for me. You know, and you and you'd have you know this, Patty. You'd have club owners, <laughs> and generally the ones I worked for were, were white dudes, telling you what you could and couldn't say. But somebody else is on stage saying all the things they told you you couldn't say. Well, I'm sorry, Bert Haas said what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? He, I would walk off stage and he'd be like, 
well, that went in a direction I didn't expect it to. Is that really what you wanted to accomplish? Like that kind of stuff. Bert would get in my head all the yeah. time. It was yeah. a lot. You know, he didn't like, there was a, a bit that I started working on, and I will do it once in a while. I don't know if you, you are so uh, prolific. And I, I don't know how, how far back. For me, I can still go back to some material I did in the 90s once in a while. Mm-hmm. When I'm, you know, and it was the um, showing your boobs to a police officer, right? Mm-hmm. It was a bit that I was working on. and, mm-hmm. and By I, the way, I'm for that. <laughs> But I I was trying to, I was, and I still really never, and that's why sometimes I go back and I'm like, you know what I meant to do with that was this, right? Yeah. Is how we use, uh, how women's bodies are for consumption, right? And and, and, and for, you know, whether it's marketing or guys think we get out of tickets and things like that. Mm. And uh, he goes, I really don't know where you're going with this material. And I had to go on the road and get away from that because I was a Zany's regular. I was the house MC. Mm. And I was on stage in um, Cleveland. I was opening for Tony Rock, Chris Rock's oh, brother. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. I'll never... Like, I, I have a stupid memory. It's... I remember... I, I remember all these things. Like, That's I remember, great. But this guy was heckling me. I was talking about getting pulled over, and this guy was going, who cares? Right? Man, Just go, started going, who cares? And I stopped, and I snapped. And unfortunately, I was featuring. Mm-hmm. Of course, I never worked there again. Anyway, I snapped, and I started talking about breast cancer. And I started talking about, like, what I'm trying to get at is it's a part of our body that we're very vulnerable with, and yet it's all men want to see. And I wrote Save the Boobies in 1999. Okay. And that was, oh, I remember. Yeah. Save the Boobies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I wrote that, and I sold shirts, and, and it was weird because at the same time, Mm-hmm. Around that, I wrote it in nineteen ninety, maybe ninety eight. When I'll have to go back and see. It was. It was also. Oh, you mentioned uh, DL Hewley, Steve Wilson. Steve mm-hmm. Wilson. Do you know Steve? He, he was the MC. He's good friends with DL. Okay. And uh, so Steve Wilson was the MC, and Tony and me, and uh, yeah. I mean, it became one of my strongest. My my like land like my what I used to put my stake in. That was my bit, you know, for a long time. I had mm-hmm. shirts and everything. And yeah, I remember that. And then everyone started wearing pink and like you know, thanks for the memories. And and I never bought. SaveTheBoobies.com. I have like SaveTheBoobies at Yahoo.com. Oh, boy. And I've done fundraisers. And it, and if I had just let Bert, I think I did one of your fundraisers. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I and I was, it was just, it, it exploded. It was wonderful. I got to help people. I got to express myself. My, my aunt had breast cancer. My mom had breast cancer. So mm. it was something that was important to me. But if I had listened to Bert and like just wanted that paycheck, right? And that's often, it's like anything else. Yeah. You, you swallow your pride. You do what they tell you to. And if you don't get away from it, if you're, you know, the energy, uh, you can't create sometimes. And I still get into those ruts, you know? Are, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, because you're, you're a human being. But, you know, as long as you're cognizant, not you, I mean, in right. the aggregate, anybody, you, me, all, you know, just to be cognizant of that and, and always or mostly trying to push against it. Sometimes it's, you know what, sometimes everybody, I mean, I know I do this, you just want to get through a gig. Yes. You know what I mean? Man, <laughs> let me just throw up the heads and get the F up out of here. You know, I'll work on integrity next time. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, uh, I mean, like, I love, I don't know how you feel, but I love my career. I, I mm-hmm. and, and, like, the hard parts have, look, I mean, you know, we also tend to, we, part of our pay is sometimes the booze or, mm-hmm. you know, being on the road is not the healthiest thing. Mm-hmm. But just thinking about it, talking with you about it, like I remember I was in Cleveland and doing the Save the Boobies. This was in 2002. I was at the Stardome. Oh, Bruce fired me on the first day. Anyway, I'm fine. <laughs> um, but I begged him. Me and Rick talked to him and I said, he said I was too dirty for the holiday season. And, and like, the holiday season? <laughs> we have designated dirty times and you have uh, you know, over dirtied it in this period of our 
This is our Puritan, puritanical time right here. Well, I was booked for three weeks as the feature act. And for what, a Christian retreat? <laughs> for all the holiday parties. in, a, in, in, a, in a, No, they never get dirty in holiday parties. It was Birmingham. <laughs> Yeah, they never get dirty. That was the hardest experience of my life. And I I think, I'm sorry, I'm going to cut you off, Patty. Again, because, and maybe it's less now, this is what I love about young folk coming up and and just defining themselves and doing their own thing. But, you know, women being just over-policed, over-policed, do it this way, look this way, act like this, say this, don't say that. What are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah, I, it was that. Remember, I used to talk about drinking too much when I was yes. when I was younger. I had, I mean, when I got pregnant, I had a show called "Pregnant Party Girl" from Stolies of Stirrups. <laughs> that was part of my branding, uh, or you know, I didn't even know how to brand. I was just, I just, it just was what I liked talking about. And mm-hmm. uh, and he goes, I don't want to hear about a girl puking and all this stuff. So I was doing the save the boobies. Uh, so he let me stay. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, over three weeks, I sold over twenty two hundred dollars worth of t shirts in Birmingham, Whoa. Alabama. I had to have shirts shipped. Um, I, well, I didn't have solid shows all the time, but that when Women responded to it. They would, mm-hmm. I mean, I would be at the mall and someone would say, well, I thought you were funny. Like, that's how badly it was going some nights. Or, 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 or maybe it was like, I wanted to laugh more, but I was sitting next to my husband, you know, yeah, exactly. and just well, kind of whisper yes. to you, can you get me out of this relationship? <laughs> blink, blink if you need me to rescue you. <laughs> and then one night, this woman, um, she yelled at me when I was doing, uh, I was talking about breast cancer and she goes, that's not funny. And, right, and I turned her, and I was gonna, I was gonna, I was gonna snap again, right? Mm. But I felt the whole room it was sold out, four hundred people, and I felt them turn on her because there are moments when you don't know if the crowd is gonna be on your side, right? And so the audience like started to boo her, and I go, hold on a second, hold, because I was about to go after her, mm-hmm. and I and I took a breath, and I go, we don't know what's going on in her life. Oh wow! I said maybe she's been diagnosed or she's lost somebody. I go, let me buy her a drink, and maybe you'll like the next comic. And the room. Exploded. Oh the, yeah. But do you have moments like that where you're just like, I, I knew that moments that with that much class, <laughs> <laughs> Patty. I know. I, have, I never I hit have. him with that much integrity. <laughs> I usually just will try to go out <laughs> with a table leg or something. <laughs> Believe me, I have I one. Dare you. <laughs> <laughs> That's my one. I got the one in 27 years. That's the only one, I swear. I have the ones where I tell someone to go do horrible things and the crowd still likes it. Or they don't. And you yeah. just get out of the way. Oh, no, I, had, I think that was great, though. That was. That's when I knew I was doing the right thing. That's yeah. That night, Bruce might have f- wanted to fire me. Mm-hmm. Every crowd might. Like, one night, this guy turned around and goes, we, we, got, we don't got to listen to this bitch and turned around, like, as I walked out on stage. So... <laughs> You know what it's like. Let me take a break. We got phone calls coming in. Dwayne and Kennedy is in studio. I'm talking shit about my career. No, uh, I, think, I think it's interesting. I think yours is interesting, too. So let's talk to Dwayne about our uh, our interesting career. We're going to go on the road together. We're going to figure <laughs> yeah. this out. We are going to figure this out. Because you know what? They need more progressives all like, well, let's figure out where we want to go and be yeah, safe. I was going to say. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Before you, let's, let's hold down on you know taking progress everywhere. Are you ready for some WCPT 
take a moment of meditation so the music play for a second. You're listening to uh, Driving It Home with me, Patty Vasquez. We are sponsored by Monaco Brewing, Kids Above All, and European U.S. Car Service. We also have a $50 gift card to give away from Brown Sugar Bakery. And our, our friend Jerry wanted to remind me to tell everybody that Brown Sugar Bakery is located at 328 East 75th Street, right here in Chicago. They serve up a wide variety of cupcake cobblers, cookies, fruit pies, sweet potato pies, bread pudding, and all sorts of cakes, including their signature caramel cake. And that goes with the uh, the treats that you brought me. Yeah, I brown sugar bakery all the time. Do you really? Yeah. Do you, do you, do you just bring me like a bag of chocolate just for me? To yes, Patty. Okay. All right. Thank you very you much. Know, I appreciate it. I'm trying that. to get back on the show. You, oh, uh, as, as Matt said, I think it, it, <laughs> if not every month, I mean, definitely every month, whenever you can. Mm. Uh, we could do Tuesdays. We'll have to find a name for it for, uh, for Dwayne coming in and just hanging out. Sure, come I, up with something. Come, we'll come up with something. Yeah, uh, and then I gotta find a, I gotta find a way to pay you too, because uh, I'm not gonna make you drive all the way here. Oh, <laughs> I mean, at least give me a gas I was like, money. Man, I didn't know this was Porter's Park was in Wisconsin. <laughs> Yikes! It's a haul. It's a haul. I know. I know. Uh, hold on a second. Let me get. Uh, Jim wants to talk about an event coming up this evening. Uh, I'm wondering what folks. I'm, I'm actually going out for dinner. I'm not even gonna watch the State of the Union address. My, it's my mom's birthday. Oh, happy so, birthday! Oh, I met your mom. Yeah, you have. Yeah. yeah. She'll be. She'll. I think it's okay if I say this. She'll be 88 this week. That's fantastic. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. People are living longer. They are. Yeah. And she's living smarter. She always well, has. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, she's always been like Whole Foods and yoga, go for walks, take care of her house and herself. And yeah, I yeah. Thought. My dad had uh, was was drinking a lot. Uh, not so at the end. He quit when I was eighteen. Mm-hmm. So for the last twelve years, he didn't. But he was up to about four packs of non-filtered camels a day. Whoa! And gambling on the riverboats. So <laughs> okay, <laughs> different lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. Different. It was a little bit up, bit of balance. Are you going to watch the State of the Union tonight? Uh, what time does that come on? I don't Is it maybe eight? I'm, well, here, maybe Jim knows. Hey, Jim, what, do you, what are your thoughts on tonight's State of the Union, and what time is it at? Do you know? Well, I, I caught a, a short news clip and say happy birthday to your mother to me. Oh, absolutely, anyway, Jim. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, it's interesting because they, they, they cast a character you introduced. He's going to introduce Mr. Pelosi. Uh, Joe's going to uh, introduce somebody from our neck of the woods in an apprentice program, a young kid in an apprentice program. And then the poor kid that was murdered down south, he's going to have this family there. Tyree Nichols? Yeah, yeah, there's about five people. They're all interesting uh, introductions. I'm looking forward to it. I don't think it'd be the Nancy Pelosi ripping up the Trump speech behind him. That's the best of all time. But uh, I I was going to say, they asked uh, Mitch McConnell, the... uh, the architect of the Supreme Court, what are you talking about, the 2024 election? He said that Trump is dinged up, but he'll probably get the uh, nomination, and Biden will get the nomination, of course, if he wants it. So I'm looking forward to that rematch. Oh, God. Because, I'm, I, <laughs> <laughs> and I'll tell you, well, I am. I am, because in my opinion, Biden is, uh, says Roosevelt, these, uh, these job numbers are off the charts. Uh, this economy's going in a terrific direction. You can buy bonds again. They're about 5% yield. And uh, what else was I going to say? Uh, just because, think of this. Biden won by about, what, 7 million votes? Yeah. This time they predict about a 12 million vote uh, victory. And, and uh, what's-his-name is going to beat him up along the way, DeSantis? I mean, they have to go oh after each God. other. yeah. Jim. Well, but I don't think DeSantis. I don't think DeSantis has got the got the right uh, stuff. I, His I bigotry really doesn't I mean. translate nationally. 
But no. He, has no, he, has no, he has no charisma. He has no charisma at all. I, no. I've heard him speak a couple of times, and he's he's not, uh, what do you call, uh, he's not a great speaker, but then we, I mean, he's, he's the next time out. Him against the G- G- Gavin Newsom, that'll be the, the you know. Oh, Gavin Newsom, yeah. Have to see yeah. Be Gavin Newsom against him, that'll be the, that'll be the biggie. But I'm looking forward to tonight, and uh, you guys wrap it up. Have a good night. Hey, Jim. Hold on, hold on a second, Jim. Jim. Hey, Jim. Jim, hold on a second. Can I ask you a question? Sure. Why do you think, with all the things that Joe Biden has done, and I agree with you, and those things, why is he polling so low with people? Why do people have such low opinion of him? What do you think? Well, they, here, well here's what it is. They're, it's the same old story. They're talking about inflation, inflation, inflation. Now, let me tell you this. I'm 72 years old. I have never experienced an economy that is a Goldilocks economy, where it's a great economy. Mm-hmm. There's always winners and losers. There's always people out of work and so on and so forth. So it's never going to be a perfect economy. The 60s were, after, I'd say the 60s to 70s were the perfect economy for me. I was single. I could get a good paying job, quit it, take another job, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I, had, I was never out of work. Yeah. And they were all good paying jobs. And the unions were strong. And the unions were strong. Yeah, absolutely. The union, I was all union. My whole family was union. We were raised, uh, raised everybody were, you know, bricklayers, electricians, uh, you name it, carpenters that go on and go down the line. Yeah, but they always made good money, and uh, and I think that uh, Biden is working in that direction. There's no question about it. But Biden's going to win anyway because you're going to vote for Trump. Nobody's going to vote for Trump. Well, I, I, I would not be. I, I just, I, I would be very cautious. you'll have seventy million people, Republicans that are born Republicans or die Republicans, mm-hmm. and they'll vote for anybody who's a Republican. And that's the same with the Democrats. But this character is so flawed. After an insurrection, and I mean, insurrection's enough, isn't it? I mean, that's enough to turn anybody off. Now, now, if he, if, if, if Merrick Garland can get something done. Oh, brother. Yeah. (laughs) When's he going to make that move? I don't know. I'm just saying it opens up. How how many wealthy people really go to prison anyway? The only people that go to prison are poor people. Right. That's, that's my history. That's all I know. The guys that I knew went to prison were all poor. Right. They had any money. Okay, they all say that our family was if you're going to steal anything, steal something huge because you're not going to do the time of a poor guy that steals a couple hundred bucks. You know what I mean? Right, right. That's just, a, that's just human nature dictates that. But anyway, you guys have a good night tonight. Say happy birthday. I feel like Dwayne wants to talk to you some more, and you're running away. No, no. If he's got to go, he's got to go. I don't want to. Hey, one more thing, Jim. Listen, I'm... Yeah, go ahead, Dwayne. Go ahead. Um, okay, I was just going to say. I think, man, and it's just it's not scientific and just my gut. The reason Joe Biden does not get the credit that he might deserve is just geezer bias. That's it. You, you just look, well, no, well, well, and, you know, well, you got two guys sick of this. You got two. You got Trump is no spring chicken. He's going to be. No, but he's got Trump is to me. He's just more. Vi- he's more vibrant. He might, you know, or come eight, across that way. He comes across more vibrant. Yeah, but, yeah. but, but, but Biden's, Biden's everywhere. Biden's uh, Jill's at the funeral. He's in New York. He's yeah. everywhere. Biden's everywhere. Compared to Trump, Trump, you couldn't find Trump. The only time Trump was in front of a television set 24 hours a day. That's all he did. Yeah, and you're right. The tweeting machine and tweeted out what nonsense he came to his head. Yeah, he never was. They never go anywhere. You see, we went to Puerto Rico. What did he go? He went to Puerto oh, he's Rico. He's tossing tossing paper around. towels like he was shooting oh, free throws. Yeah, yeah. What never, a psychopath! Never, 
He's never put his heart into anything. He's never really put his heart into no, anything. No, no. You know what I mean? Never. Yeah. Anyway, Dwayne, nice talking to you guys. Me I too. hope you have a great, funny night. Thank you very much, Mike. I'm going to talk about Jim while he goes. Uh, I love Jim. For one, how different is it here again compared to when we were in the middle of the night and the callers? Oh, remember, we get... I remember you uh, getting... Uh, <laughs> uh, during the commercial break, uh, Patty, uh, listen, um, that one thing you said sounded so, sort of like an opinion. And, uh, you know, we're going in a different direction. I don't know. You, you remember the direction we talked about? <laughs> it was insane. Uh, but Jim, I, what I love about Jim is that he sound, he reminds me of my dad a little bit because he'll talk, he'll call, talk about the, about the ponies and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and popping a couple, two, three back, you know, having uh, drinks and stuff like that. Just, but my dad was, I don't know if we ever talked about this, but my dad was a Reagan Republican. Okay. And, uh, and he had voted, he voted for Adlai Stevenson for president back in the 50s. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then after that, he never he voted for Nixon and whoever ran against the Democrats. He became a hardcore Republican and had some things that were not uh, appealing about women and gay people and, and people of folks. color. Yeah, yeah. Well, he would say, and he would say things like, "Ah, look at these Puerto Ricans." I'm like, "They're Mexicans." And he's like, "Ah, eh, no, nah, they're not. They're they're not like you and your ma." You know that kind of thing. All right, right. You know what, Patty? I for- right. Yes, my dad was like that, and then he voted because I, for- I, for- I forget that. Your your mama's Americana, right? Yeah. Oh man, <laughs> let's talk more about this, Patty. What's going on? What? Uh, but but when he was so he got sick in two thousand and uh, he passed away in two thousand one. But uh, in two thousand he voted for Gore, and that's how I knew the end was coming. That was an open minded move. Are you? Are you, you okay? all right? Are you okay. But what what I always notice, and I and I was thinking about this lately. A couple things uh, was that he would always be locked into the way things used to be. Right. This and so. Before Make America Great, mm-hmm. it was like you know traffic wasn't so bad, or there wasn't as much crime, or or you know black people stayed in their neighborhoods, yes. or women stayed at home. Like it, it, yeah. he wouldn't say those parts, but, but the implication was it was an e. The cars were better, the yeah. clothes were better. They had this romanticized version of it that's yeah. their romance, not ours. Exactly, their romance. Yes, right. Everybody knew their place. <laughs> Everybody knew their place. Everybody knew what time to be home. Everybody, yeah. yeah. My okay. entire career is built off of one, and, and this is true. And I know I talk about my ethnicity on stage a lot, and, and people will say it's hack and things like that. But I, it's where I came from, right? My dad would say things like, "Damn Democrats, they let too many immigrants into the country." Mom is sitting right there. I mean, I remember that as a kid. Yeah. He would say those kinds of things, and my mom would yell at him, I am an immigrant, you bastard. You know, that kind of, like, that was my childhood. Man. Living in this neighborhood, by the way. Yeah. Let's talk about that when we come back, too. Uh, before we go to the break, let me just take Dave's call, because we'll talk about this neighborhood. I just don't want to leave Dave hanging on too long. Hey, Dave, what's on your mind, my friend? Hey, Patty. Hey, Dwayne. Hey. Yeah, the... Um when you were talking about uh, the movie thing, do you think uh, any of the you remember? I don't know if you were around when uh, uh, Air America when Randy Rhodes had the uh, volunteer boobies on Friday. Oh, I didn't know <laughs> the volunteer boobies. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if she had it patented or not. But That's appalling. That was Go a- on. <laughs> <laughs> I might be dating myself, you know, because I was well up close to twenty years ago, but. Uh, Used to listen to them, and then uh, the um, oh, what was it? Uh, and when you guys were talking about the heckler and that, have either of you ever uh, 
pull someone in the crowd and to do something anatomically impossible. Um, <laughs> so there's a there's a stock bit that I learned when I was a very young comic. And it was, and it's what's wonderful about it is that you basically lure the person that you are addressing to thinking that, like, oh, you know, look, you don't like me. It's it's almost as close to what I was going to do to the woman in Birmingham, right? Mm-hmm. I was in uh, Atlantic City at the Tropicana, and they used to do three headliners, mm-hmm. and uh, th- I was in the middle, and the, this table of Italian, very loud Italian guys. There's no other way to describe it, but mm-hmm. they were just being loud. And I mentioned this before. I knew I had most of the crowd on my side, so I let it go. They were yelling stuff, and I just had the, I was letting it slide. I wasn't addressing it. And I had a... Excuse me. I, the senator knows that I'm on the air. Um, <laughs> That's your door dash, isn't it? <laughs> right. Yeah. The, uh, but I, I, I got the feeling that the crowd would go with me if I went. And, so I don't know if you've ever seen me do this. I will walk off the stage to the table that's being the worst. Oh, no, I've never oh. seen that. Okay. I'd like to see it, though. <laughs> you know way- what? I might go and heckle you at your next show just to see it. So I, I walked up to the table, and I, had, I used to wear little black and white dresses and a little bolero and stuff, and I, and I had little ballet flats. And I walked up to the loudest ta- table, and I go, it sounds like you're not having a, uh, I'm not having a good time over here. He goes, and he goes, get back on stage, little girl. Whoa. And I go, okay, all right, I get it. I go, that's why there's three comics on this show. And, and, the, and I go, let me, do me a favor. I just, will you just let me get through my set, keep it down. You know, just and I hope you enjoy the headliner. Let me just can I just buy you a drink? And the crowd boos me. And I go, it's okay. And I go, uh, you've heard this one. And I go, hey, bartender, can I have a vinegar and water for the D bag over here? <laughs> and I didn't say it. I used the F word and that. And the room just went, I mean, like, again, these are moments that you never. Fr- I got a letter in the green room from this woman who said that was the classiest thing she's ever seen a comedian do. <laughs> but you, tr- That's a good one. it's the, it's the, you know, just the, the like luring them. No, no, it's okay. You know, be. Yeah. A nice girl and stuff, and just lowering it. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's the. I mean, there have been a couple of those, but that was one of my favorites. Okay, but, so not anatomically incorrect there, but but somewhat. Yes, I've told him to go. I went told him to go do something to himself. Yeah, uh-huh. well, let's see, if Dwayne. Dwayne, Lady what 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 I was gonna. Um, to hold, hold on, Dave. You asked us both a question, Dave. Oh, no, Give me that. You got one? No, nah, I mean not not really. I've never. Uh, I've never really told anybody to go do stuff to themselves or to uh, I'm trying to think isn't it funny when you try to think of the stories when it hits you yeah I'll, I'll probably come up with like 20 of them on the ride home oh I could have told him about that time that dude <laughs> went upside my head with another dude <laughs> have you ever had gotten in a fight with a no <laughs> I'm not a fighter I, Patty. I, may, I maybe got into a yelling altercation really we'll talk about that later because Dave wanted to talk about comment tell me about comment Dave yeah, there was last week. I mentioned to you that uh, did you happen to see that story where they're planning a potential rate hike that could take effect in 2024, six dollars extra under the bill, and then keep building up to a, a seventeen dollars by 2027. I had not seen that. Yeah. And well, did you see? Go ahead. Well, I was gonna say that, that they're saying well, there's programs to help those who qualify. <laughs> 
It's going to be all of us. Everyone qualifies. Yeah, right. right. Well, two two things in response to that. I don't know if I should say this on the air, although I did it publicly, so I'm going to. I'm, it's okay, even though I deleted the tweet. Uh, deleting a tweet means you made a mistake, and I I own that. So I got a message from my son that he had been blocked by Jamal Green, who was running for mayor, and uh, so I tweeted out. I don't. I said my son's farther to the left of me, so I don't know how he got blocked by Jamal Green. Jamal slid into my DMs. He's like, "Who's your son?" And I'm like, "No, no, no! I don't want to get into this. I don't want to get in the middle of this." I'll I don't want. To, I didn't want to track down my son's yeah. account because uh, Griffin's like a, an abolish the police, uh, far to the left than I. Like he's oh, pe- wow. people shouldn't own property. Like all. Yeah, of it. <laughs> like, I'm with him. Is he coming on the show? <laughs> bring, he's great. How on the can earth. you own? How can you own the earth? You can't that's, do that. That's it's ridiculous. Point. Yes, that's it. So I'll bring Griffin in and have you guys on the air yeah. together. Yes, I think. Oh man. Yeah, he's all that. Um, so then, so now, but now J Mall like sends me messages in my DMs on uh, on Twitter. Mm-hmm. So today I was proud. This is a, his tweet. He wanted to make sure I saw it. And thank you, J Mall. I'll have you on the show soon. Uh, t- today I was proud to announce that when I'm mayor, we will fire ComEd and create a municipal utility to take control of power in our city. No more rising rates, shutoffs, or corruption. Democracy is coming, Green Chicago. So, okay. I just, so I'm just saying that's Jamal wants me to know that whatever it is my son didn't like. Here's <laughs> well, they, you know, their their excuse again is it's going to be for investing on infrastructure in a in a grid that's expected to have its increased demand in the in the years to come. Yeah, of course. Because of the electric vehicles, that's why. Yeah, know. we have to. Do, yeah, it's sort of. A, we created another pro- unintentional consequence, didn't we? Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. yeah. We- Thanks, Dave. And, um, oh, did you have more? It, yeah, something okay. real quick there. And, um, maybe you guys can fit this into something, you know, when it gets a little closer to the Christmas season now with the balloon getting shot down. <laughs> and if, uh, I know. I was waiting to see that at the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. <laughs> well, either that or if, uh, if you're a little strapped for cash, you can always... Uh, uh, say that uh, Santa got shot down, you know, NORAD, you know, when they used to track Santa for the oh, kids. Yeah, yeah. And so <laughs> that, uh, he didn't, if he doesn't have uh, one of them IFFs on his uh, sleigh, you know, they might shoot him down. Where was the sweatshop that they used to have all those kids blow those balloons up, right? man? <laughs> <laughs> That's a shame. That is a shame. Thanks, Dave. Have a good night. All right, Patty. I'm All late right. for a break. Thank you. Let's take a break here. Uh, by the way, one of our listeners just texted, uh, oh, my God, Patty, I saw Dwayne at the Laugh Factory with you and my wife, and my stomach hurt so hard from laughing. We were sitting right in the front. Please tell him how much we enjoyed his show. Oh, yeah, thank you. The more to come. More to come, and we'll be doing uh, regular shows at Tata's. Uh, we want to make sure that uh, that Dwayne's uh, happy to be back in Chicago. I just want to make sure you're working. I know what it's like, right? We look at our calendars we're like, okay, I'm still going to be a comic in August. Right. <laughs> right. And I still got to eat in August. Yeah, between the years. Yeah. And then I got to make sure past August. What happens after August? Right. I, gotta, yeah. I need food in September. We'll see what happens. More after this on WCPT 820. Oh, don't forget to text Valentine's to 773-763-9278. You can do Valentine or Valentine's. I know. Everyone's going to get all upset about the apostrophe. 773-763-9278 is the number to call, uh, to text. Text Valentine. I'm talking too fast again, Dwayne. I think it really is. It's you. <laughs> it's not. I do it all the time. Uh, for a $50 gift card from Brown Sugar. More after this. 
This is Patty Vasquez, and I'm honored to be the keynote speaker at the legendary Truman Dinner, hosted by the Kane County Dems. The dinner is Sunday, February 26th, at a brand new, larger venue this year, the Q Center at 1405 North 5th Avenue in St. Charles. Cocktail hour begins at 4, and the dinner and program at 5 p.m. Looking forward to seeing you there. Ticket information available at canedems.org. This is a WCPT 820 Heartland Signal News Minute. I think you can see from the first five weeks of the majority that we have been seeing bills that are political stunts and not helping move the agenda forward. That's Massachusetts Congresswoman Catherine Clark delivering sharp criticism of the new Republican majority in the House of Representatives. Clark, the House Minority Whip, says she has been particularly alarmed by Republican efforts to erode abortion access. One of the first bills they put on the floor was further restrictions on women's right to reproductive justice. We are reminding people that this is the Republican House majority that voted against codifying Roe, that voted against access to birth control, that voted against the right to safely travel across state lines to receive health care. If that isn't chilling, I don't know what is. For WCPT 820 and Heartland Signal, I'm Andy Miles. Diane from Michigan, a disabled senior citizen trying to get by. Henry from Florida, a veteran fighting to make ends meet. Elena from Arizona, a mother struggling to feed her daughter. Hi, I'm Connie Britton, and I support Feeding America because they help provide over 6 billion meals to people in need each year, like Diane, Henry, and Elena. Learn more at feedingamerica.org. Feeding America, 200 food banks strong. This is WCPT 820, where facts matter. Patty Vasquez is taking your calls now. At 773-763-9278. Driving it home with Patty Vasquez. Now on WCPT 820. And you can text Valentine to that exact same number. We want to thank our sponsors of the text screen, Camp Kupagani, a child summer of empowerment, challenge, and fun. Go to multiculturalcamp.com. And our friends from Camp Kupagani will be on the air with us next Wednesday. We'll learn more about their great programs. I just told comedian Dwayne Kennedy that I live in this neighborhood. So, I mean, yeah, when I used to go to the stage, I mean, it was in the middle of the night when I was at WGN, so right. it wasn't like traffic or anything, but it's getting down there and it's parking and all that. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I, I just, like, like today, I got here as they were in the middle of news at the top of the hour. And yeah, you can't beat that. You can't beat yeah. being down the street from the gig. I know. I, even when I, listeners will tell you, not that they, I don't know how they would tell you, they could call and say, Patty's trying to move. I'm not. I dream scroll through properties sometimes. Okay. Yeah, that's all. And mm. I, I look what it's like in Niles or Skokie. Right. Or, what would be the com- commute from Munster? <laughs> hmm. If you, if like, so did you grow up in Chicago? I grew up in Chicago and the suburbs. Oh, wait, which suburb? University Park. Okay. Yes. Where, where'd you go to high school? Crete Moni. Okay. Yeah, but when I my I was at, we lived in I lived in Chicago, um, and then my parents divorced, and then my mom moved us out to South Suburbs, and then I was out there for a little while, and then I uh, went to Michigan for a minute, just living there, and then I came back to Chicago. I was in Chicago. When did you start doing stand-up? Like, what was the, the catalyst? What was that, that moment you were like, I got to go do this? Well, you know, I loved it since I was a kid. Just, I love stand-up. It was just, you know, fascinating. I would watch it 
watch everybody. And, you know, um, when I was a kid, it was Bill Cosby, you know, and um, and all everybody. And I, I, I loved it. It just seemed incredible that somebody can just say something and elicit an audible response from people. Yeah. You know what I mean? In retrospect, that's what it was. And, and, and just, oh, man, that's a funny joke. Oh, that's a funny joke, you know. Um, and then as I got older, I, I was Richard Pryor and all those all those people. But uh, I always I always loved it. And when I was, a, as a kid, I thought, I would like to, I'm going to do that. But then you got older and, like, you kind of put that aside right. and try different things. And then at some point, you say, you know what, I'm going to try that. Uh, I always liked it. Yeah, and that's that's what I did. What was your uh, first open mic? At Zanies. Was it really? Mm-hmm. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. The Zanies on Wells. On Wells, they used to have a open mic on uh, I think Mondays and Tuesdays. I think. Wow, I yeah. didn't know that. Hosted by Larry Reed. Get out of here. Larry Reed was the first person to ever bring me on stage. How wild! Yeah. So uh, write your angry cards and letters to Larry Reed. I should. Now, bring, I need to bring emails. him. Oh, can I do that? Can I have you guys on the show together? He lives in the I'll neighborhood. He lives in the neighborhood. Really? In Jefferson of Park. Of course, I'll do it. What That'd do you be need so me to do, much Penny? fun. Yeah. Uh, I, so I, when I was a host, he was. Uh, he was. Both of you were headliners, and uh, I. But I. I can. Like, Larry has a style about him. Like what he'll do is he'll say thank you on the way to the mic, and then do it again. And be like thanks, Penny. Thanks, Petty. <laughs> this is like one of my favorite sounds in the world. Like, yeah. He's got this way about him. Was he? Because I always imagine. I, I don't feel like he's aged since I met him twenty-seven years ago. He right. looked older. It's kind of a great character to just have for the rest of your life, right? And that's what he used to say then. Like you know, about how he's going to age into his character. Yeah, be, yeah, he'll be just fine. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, he's spectacular. All right, I'll work on getting him in studio as well. Uh, we're hanging out with Dwayne Kennedy. He's going to be at CD and Me in Freeport, Illinois. Find there, right? Franklin. Gosh. What, 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 I do, no, I did it all the time. I did it last Frankfurt, time. Frankfurt, I mean. I, I said Frankfurt. Frankfurt, yeah. I screw you up every time I get ah, it wrong. No big deal. I don't even deal. know where Freeport is. Ah, it's from next Where's to Frankfurt. Lockport? Where's Lockport? Lockport. That's next to Freeport. CD and Me is an amazing... Have you been there? Mm-hmm. You haven't been there? No. I, they, they, they rebuilt the whole big thing. Remember before it was kind of like a barn and like a balcony and stuff like that? Oh, no. They have a whole... They built... Because you haven't been there in at least two or three years. Right, I haven't been there. Yeah, right, I haven't been there since yeah, probably yeah, 19, maybe 18, something like that. Some 2018. Yeah. I think they've rebuilt the venue that you were in that time. Oh, man. And it's huge. Okay. Like, it was kind of a big room. With, mm-hmm. like, do you remember? It was sort of like a barn almost there. Because yeah. they do all the, uh, like, landscaping and, ve- like, they do events there, weddings right. and stuff. Right, Um Oh, I'm so excited for you. <laughs> uh, so that's in... Frankfurt, Illinois. Correct. At CD and Me. Follow yeah. them on Facebook. It's a great venue. They're great folks that run that that location. Let me uh, take a break here, and we will continue our conversation with Dwayne Kennedy. Text Valentine to seven seven three seven six three nine two seven eight. More after this on Driving It Home with Me. I'm Patty, by the way. You're listening to WCPT eight twenty because facts matter. We're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. Dwayne Kennedy joins me in studio, comedian, writer, and producer. Now I've roped him into an on-air writing session. Uh, I told him years ago I wanted it. And the reason, and here's why I asked you that years ago. And there weren't that many people that I've asked. It's not like, uh, Rick was still alive. That's how long ago it was. So it was yeah. around 2009 or so. Because I was really struggling. And I remember I worked with Kathleen Madigan. And she said, 
she said, where's the next Wanda? Right. Like what what's the next woman coming up of color or the next woman like her, like Kathleen and Wanda uh, have this just they get right to they get to the point. Mm-hmm. And and, uh, and I remember John Mulaney talking about this. And that's so weird because John Mulaney was on a, a showcase with me and he got cut. From it, him and oh, you know what's funny about that? It was him and Hannibal. We did the TBS Very Funny Show, okay. And uh, they they shot like forty five of us and cut like twelve. Mm-hmm. And uh, and Hannibal and Mulaney and I'm like, I have so many stories. Yeah, <laughs> you you do too. Where you like? I got a few, but yeah, you know where you no, but you know where you're like, oh, okay, that dude. All right, I guess they're gonna take off, and I'm gonna be here. at at Zany's on a Friday night. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But what, what, what were you saying though, sir? Um, so I uh, I had asked you because I you embody the way I would like to be able to do material. Very much like you're the people that you mentioned, like like Pryor. Mm-hmm. And even, and I, and I know Kamau did this uh, a documentary on Bill Cosby. But it's I just have always, there's been a barrier between what I know I want to say mm-hmm. and saying it. That's why I asked you. Mm-hmm. Was because I just feel like you get to the nut of a, of a, of a an idea mm-hmm. and that's why so I was telling Dwayne before we came back on the air that I have this shirt that says just uh, that uh, my face isn't about you and I almost have to like cram the material into that punchline yeah. <laughs> is what I'm struggling with because so when uh, you know m- people tell us to smile it's almost always men yeah Ugh. and it's not even it, it, it's even the the it, casual exchange like if I'm walking down the street and a guy says says hi to me I have to make a choice I either ignore him and and I'm worried that I'm too bitchy and there's going to be because I've been yelled at by men like oh you're too good to say hi to me mm. well you, you can't you can't even be friendly like that kind of stuff or if I do say hi now I'm in a relationship with them right. <laughs> like I've encouraged them yeah. but you know but but the idea so I, I've tried so many different ways to come at this like give me a smile and I'm like a smile is not is not demanded it's earned right or it's natural or I've tried you know I smile you know I smile a lot like yeah. almost aggressively so <laughs> so <laughs> so it's annoying like that one second that I'm not smiling that someone demands it. So these are the things I've worked on for a while. Well. We'll work on it. We have to do it here. Oh, uh, well, okay. All <laughs> but, right, then. I'll put but, my notes away. <laughs> but I've, try, I've tried coming at it from a lot. Of, and I always, I just, I can feel myself. And do you ever have this where you feel like you know how you want to say it? And you're mm-hmm. just like, ah, screw it. And just, it's not, it's not going to happen tonight. And then it happens over and over again like that. Yeah. I mean, like, like you feel like. You know where the, where you what you want to do with a bit or an idea, yeah. and, and it just can't quite get there. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. But then, it, have you done this where you you've done that, and then it didn't come, and it didn't come, and then one night you just happened to be doing something else and kind of said it. You weren't even planning on saying it or whatever, and it just fell into place. Like, oh, that's how you say it, or that's the word you add, or you know, yeah, it's, yeah. And it's almost always on the nights when. It doesn't matter what you say because the audience is that good. That's when the play happens. Yeah. When they trust you and you're like, oh, they no, they get me. For whatever reason, it's, I, I, those nights. Yeah, oh. which are beautiful. And it's so funny sometimes. We, and again, I don't know now because, you know, different generations. But I remember sometimes and somebody would have a great set and, you know, it was going right in there. And they would be, oh, the audience is easy. Oh, you mean because they got you? Because oh. they laughed. You ever heard? Remember? No. Ah, easy. Oh God, who gets mad at that? Older comics get mad at? I don't know who it was. Psychopath. That's no, 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 no. Yeah, no, somebody no. with uh, uh, um, self 
I don't know, punishment. They didn't, des- I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I, uh, th- there were comics that would come off stage that would beat them up so- too much, themselves up too much. Like, mm-hmm. I-, I remember one comic, Monica Carter, who was a great comedy writer. She, yeah, Monica's funny. But she would, she would read all the comic cards. She would read the comment cards, hmm. and they were not pleasant about her often. And it and and I would and I would tell her like, and my husband taught me this. It's it's like I a hundred people can walk by us on the way out of the club and tell us how great we were. One person tells you to you know maybe go back to your day job, yeah. and that's all you remember. Right, yeah. especially if that person was your ride there. <laughs> He's like, yeah. man, ooh, that's a long ride home. This isn't working out. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Monica. I don't think she 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 got out a long time ago. Yeah, yeah I was. I don't. Right. I don't. I don't know what happened to Monica. Yeah, I think she became like a, a copywriter, like an oh, editor, okay. that kind of thing. Yeah. Okay, so still a creative process. Oh, yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. Um, and we mentioned earlier um, getting into it with uh, audience members. So you, so have you, like, how do you handle hecklers? The worst are the people in the front. People don't realize that. I, for me, mm-hmm. if they're yelling in the back, everyone knows that they're they're jerks, right? Mm-hmm. But it's that person in the front that like has to respond. To Remember, someone was saying the other night, uh, someone in the front was being a little obnoxious, right? Yeah. But nobody else in the room knew it until Pat said something to her. Do you, right. right? Um, and I can't remember if she was saying anything to me. I don't. I don't think she really was. But it's just. It just depends. Like if there's somebody saying something sometimes where really nobody can else can hear it, but me and that person. Yeah. I might not say anything. I'll just keep yeah. it moving. Yeah. You know, because everybody, nobody else knows. Those, they don't care. Exactly. Yeah. Now I'm the crazy person on stage. Yeah. Or now you've you've right. You've just uh, brought the whole show to a screeching halt to talk to this whoever this person is and nobody cares nobody can hear them you know now they're mad at you exactly <laughs> you know um but I, I generally have not had really really bad experiences with hecklers and oftentimes i won't say every single but most times and not that i'm encouraging this i can usually turn that into something sure yeah and so i really a lot of times i really don't mind <sighs> so i'm I'm not saying if you come don't to show, encourage. Yeah, don't. yeah, don't encourage. But <laughs> it, yeah, sometimes I don't mind. Maybe maybe I don't mind more than I should not mind. No, I think because you're you're available. That's making yourself available to what's going to happen next, mm-hmm. right? Whereas because you know you can come back to something, mm-hmm. right? It's kind of just kind of because. For you, when I've watched you, it's like a dance. You're like through your thoughts. That's what I've I've noticed back in the '90s. I saw you one time at the Zanies in Vernon Hills. I think you were featuring and working on new material, mm. and I just watched you. You had like a napkin, and uh, and you're just working through your thoughts, and you're just like wiping the the, the whatever the moisture from the glass. Unless uh-huh. I was just like I was and like just casual, like the audience is there, and you're like just working on, and they were in. Yeah, and we were all mesmerized, <laughs> and, and just like you're just so. Um, I don't know. There's just I, I know that I, I told you I was going to geek out on you a little bit, but um, my husband and I will sometimes we have comics that are our favorites that have our favorite bits. Like Fred Klett, uh has there were some bits that he would do yeah. uh, about like seeing cattle on a truck, and uh, he's like he wants to roll a window and go, they're gonna kill you, oh, <laughs> you know stuff like that. For you, there's a bunch, and one I haven't. I, I just watched your Letterman because uh, I, I sent some of the folks at the station. I'm like, this is one of my favorites uh, about the the spirituals. Uh, from the, the slave songs and uh, and the smart bombs, but also uh, the guy who wrote the clown music. Dun, 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 dun. 
<laughs> just like because you you have these some so much uh, insight into issues, and then like there's you know what it is, and, and people are gonna they're gonna go oh god here she goes again. You have mirth. Like, you have a delight in things that are ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right? Absolutely. And that's why sometimes I, I get um, not wary, but when, like, and, and I certainly appreciate this, Patty, you know, coming in, like, you know, let's go, we're going to talk about some topics, and that's cool. But it's like, you know, I'm, I don't want to just, not, I don't want to just do, but I'm, I do more than that. Like, you do more than yeah. that. You know, it's not about always the struggle. <laughs> We got a struggle comedian coming in. He's gonna come in and make jokes out of. Uh, oh God, those interviews! Yeah, yeah, and uh, and be and be all earnest and sincere because yeah, like you said, silly stuff and yeah. ridiculous things and. I yeah, when I see you get delighted with something, I know it right away. I'm like, oh, he's, he's happy. It's just I, I don't know if you're really happy, but you convey joy in a way that's just so much fun. And and uh, just watching you getting to work with you again, like at the Laugh Factory, we'll be working at Tata's coming up soon. And uh, I just I'm 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 excited for audiences getting to come see you. Okay, yeah, <laughs> it's so gonna be fun. Where are so are you? Uh, do you have a website so people can say it today? Oh, here? my website is horrible. So is mine. We, I got to get on that. Okay, so folks, this is something else you need to know about me and Dwayne is that we've had long careers. We've, we've had opportunities all over the place and uh, we still can come back to this room yeah. <laughs> metaphorically like alright, are we working next week? I'm, That's what I'm it a, comes back I'm to. I'm a terrible business person. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I am better and I'm terrible. You know, I have <laughs> improved to been. terrible. <laughs> Well, I finally have. Uh, oh, Jerry Walski wanted me to say hello. You, yeah, yeah. I think he booked me something in Wisconsin one yeah, time. Yeah, the Evergreen Country Club. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. And so he wanted to make sure make sure I said hi. Okay. Uh, but Jerry has helped me. I uh, he helps me stay on track with this show and like you know. What's he doing with this show? He's well, my collaborator on the show. He's like my uh, my sponsor wrangler. He's a, oh man, he's, my, he's our beer sherpa for uh, Monaco. He locked that down and, and helps distribute that actually. Okay. Yeah. The Manaqua. Yeah. Was that brewing, an indigenous group? Probably. Who gets no cut nope. of the brewing company? No, but they got the casinos. Yeah. I never got that. I never uh, I've never gotten that. What? The casino deal with native with How the did they work that out? Well just like it, it you know okay, there's so many things I want to talk to you about. Because mm-hmm. uh, I I I just don't. I'm not. I don't I'm not understanding what's happening. This uh, banning book. I mean, I know it's happening, and I know it's coming from a place of control and mm-hmm. uh, white nationalism and you mm-hmm. know, Christo fascism, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. But like the idea that they've locked into this one study that was developed by legal professors, mm-hmm. critical race theory. Right. Nobody. It was in the 70s. It's not being like, and no one can define it. But we don't want it to be taught. Mm-hmm. And I don't. I don't understand where that's coming from. I mean, I think all all critical race theory is is the truth. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So like they don't want they don't want kids to feel bad about what happened in the past. It's called empathy. Right. I think, right? Isn't that that means that you you're concerned that something bad happened to people and you and it should be how do we not let that happen again? Right. Only everything they're doing is to make it happen again. Absolutely. Enforced ignorance. Yeah. Keep people ignorant and then give them something to be angry and against and there you go. Right. Yeah. And it comes, what I'm saying with the Native American uh, story is the same thing. They don't want they don't want to address it. It's basically we won tough. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Right. We run. We we won. We're running stuff. And so everything is as it should be. And anything other than status quo is is 
un quote unquote American, what? you know, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna get you mad. <laughs> no, I'm not, you know, it's just, it's just, it's again. You can say what you want. You can do what you want. You can proceed how you want to proceed. But this procedure, the way we are proceeding through this world in this system, is unsustainable. Yes, I. That's the same way I put it. Yeah, it's not sustainable. It's not sustainable. And and what the uh, 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 the wealth gap is is widening. Uh-huh. The the one percent has more. And oh boy. It, well, and, and I've mentioned this before. So when I ran for office, one of the things, you know, it's really, you know, it's really, uh, you're a dork when you're standing at someone's front door and saying, well, you know, since the 19, late 1970s, the wealth of the top 3% in the state of Illinois has gone up 110%, while for the middle class, it's only gone up 9%. They don't care. No. I don't, how do you not care? Because that's not, there's no way to catch up now. Like that is, that's a gap I don't even know how we close that anymore. No, if you can't close it. But I wonder, and I think, and maybe I th- maybe fall victim to this thing. You're talking about the, uh, us being gamblers and casinos. I think everybody thinks, well, that's not going to be me because I'm going to get rich. Right. I'm about to get rich. I got I got some wealth coming somehow. I know this one of these scratch-offs is going to come through. So I... Uh, and you mentioned earlier when we were talking about the about our prison system and everything in general, you know, communities that have poverty and violence is hurting people, right? Yes. Hurting meaning like sheep yeah. and cattle, uh, you know, whether it's to the penal system or to low paying jobs. Yes. Because now we have a jobs report that says we have the lowest jobs report, like over 500,000 new jobs. And then people are like, well, what kind of jobs were they? How much do they pay? I get that. Mm-hmm. But Wall Street's reaction was the big corporations like, oh, boy. Everyone's working. Uh, we've got to raise inflation. How, mm-hmm. Gas prices. Remember how everyone was losing their minds, all the Republicans, it was going up? The gas companies doubled their profits last year. And they want to tell us it wasn't price gouging? Right. Are you kidding me? Right. We're going to get mad. <laughs> well, just remember they said that uh, uh, the, from the moment that the pandemic was declared, March, whenever that was, yeah. from that point on, I think for the next year, Amazon... Yes. Or Jeff Bezos made enough money from that point on that he could have given every man, woman, and child in this country $40,000 a piece. Hmm. I wonder if that check's coming. Yeah. I was like, yeah, where's uh, where's Jeff at? Wow. Um, yeah. Well, and, and everything. like, And there's no retention of uh, facts. Right. No. Well, right. Even if they remember when uh, Ebola was going to kill us all under the Obama administration, the Republicans, it was a midterm election and they were running on fear of Obama's letting uh, Ebola into the country. There was there was like a plane in Texas that had to be detained and they had everyone in the hazmat suits, oh, right, right, right. you know, and it was coming from Africa. So that's also that scary element of it. Right. And we have a black president right. and, uh, and and president one. First, it was con- first of all, it was contained. It did not spread. He also came up with a playbook for a pandemic which Trump threw out. And on Trump's last day as president, 400,000 people at that point had died from COVID. Yeah. You know, right. (laughs) It's like, you know, follow who you follow. This is my thing, Patty. It's like, you follow who you follow. Okay, fine. But at the point, anybody says, hey, you know what? If you you got the run, why don't you just drink some bleach? Don't you just say, you know what? Uh, That's about it for me. (laughs) This looks like my stop. Thank you. I was with you up until, you know, I was yeah, with you with no. uh, both sides. I was with you. To drink bleach. Nah, no, dude, that's, no. that's it for me. 
Uh, let me call a lift. I'm, I'm out of here. Nope, they were all in. There's eight, and some drank bleach. They did. They got said. They had companies had to say, please don't. <laughs> What? Patty, we live in a country where people have to be advised not to drink bleach, and they're getting their weather forecast from a rodent in Pennsylvania. <laughs> oh, look like the Fox County Field says there'll be six more. Oh, boy, <laughs> what are you talking about? According to the rodent, we gonna, oh, brother. <laughs> I think the I think there are calls for you to come back as soon as possible. So your schedule. Let's take a break here. We'll wrap up with Dwayne Kennedy. He'll be at CD and Me in Frankfurt, Illinois, this Saturday, February 11th. He was so excited that I got it right. His headphones. Uh, go to CD and Me on Facebook. Find their website. Uh, it's a great venue. So once you see uh, Dwayne there, you'll be like, "Who's next? Who else is coming?" Uh, so go out and uh, enjoy that show this Saturday night. More in a moment on WCPT eight twenty Heartland Signal. And don't forget the text. Valentine to 773-763-9278 for your chance to win a $50 gift card from Brown Sugar Bakery. The Big Picture with Edwin Eisentrap, Saturdays at 1 p.m. In the old world where there were three networks and we were all sort of pushed to a comfortable middle, the stories that you didn't hear were stories of black America. They barely existed. Those stories never got told. And that's just one of a thousand groups of Americans whose total experience was ignored. The Big Picture with Edwin Eisentrap, Saturdays at 1 p.m. Chicago's Progressive Talk, WCPT 820, where facts matter. This is Kirk Bankstead from the Minocqua Brewing Company, and I sell progressive beer like AOC IPA and Bernie Brew, a lovingly irascible Democratic Socialist lager. A percentage of the proceeds of every beer I sell goes to helping keep Wisconsin blue and driving the Trump cult out of our state. Enjoy a great craft beer and help your dysfunctional neighbor to the north get its democracy back. Now available at Arminetti Wine and Spirits in Woodstock, Illinois, and Famous Liquors in Lombard, as well as in Chicago at A&S Wine and Spirits, Back of the Yards, and Grand and Western Liquors, Ukrainian Village. Please drink responsibly. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. I am in studio with Dwayne Kennedy. Roosevelt, I have really bad news for you, Roosevelt. I've only got like a minute for, for uh, catching up with you. I apologize. It took so long to get your call. You're on the line with Dwayne Kennedy. Dwayne, how you doing? Hey, fine. How are you? Patty, thank you for taking my call. Real quick, you said the two magic words, Richard Pryor. <laughs> yeah, he was the best. He yeah. was the best. Blaine and Patty, look up on YouTube, Richard Pryor and Mudbone, Little Feet, Part 1 and Part 2. You're going to laugh you. You're going to laugh you. You know what off. <laughs> you can say your ass um, off, I think. <laughs> when, uh, but, you can say your butt. When we were kids, we used to go up in the attic and we had black lights. That's how far back, you know, that's how old I am. We used to have black lights and all the posters of all the rock stars. And we just pile up the records and listen to Richard Pryor. Oh, yeah, man. Richard Pryor is fantastic. And we did some doobies. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Doobies and Pryor. I'm a big fan, too. Absolutely. He really, I mean, I, the documentary about Alive on, uh, the the one where he, he did it one night, and it wasn't going, he just, he, he oh, changed. Live on Sunset Strip. Live on Sunset Strip. Yeah. And, and he came, and he had, like, again, like, it, it was amazing to see this genius mm-hmm. Im, implode. 
Mm-hmm. And to know that it could happen, that was also, I, I feel bad feeling better about myself. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you realize that we, we all share similar experiences and, you know, yeah. and everybody looks bad when they're bombing. Everybody looks uncomfortable. Everybody does the same thing. Start fiddling with the mic stand yep. and looking down at their feet. No, boy. Shifting and talking faster. Talking faster. <laughs> yeah, my thing would always be if things weren't going well, I would just stop talking. I, for for many reasons, but well, you told me to enjoy the silence. Well, we're gonna we're not gonna have silence. Uh, in a, when you come back, we'll uh, we've got Dwayne Kennedy coming back soon. Uh, he'll be a regular as long as he, as long as he'll keep coming back. And he's going to Superdog next, so I probably shouldn't have said that. Bye, everybody. Have a great night, Dwayne. Do you, uh, so, CD and me mm-hmm. this fr- this Saturday night, uh, September eleventh. Uh, God. September 11th. That's right. Oh, September Yes, that special show. Yes, February yeah. 11th. This weekend's a Valentine's show, so take your take your love and uh, and show some love for Dwayne Kennedy at CDME in Frankfort, Illinois. I gotta run. Bye, everybody. Have a good night. Valentine's at seven seven three seven six three nine two seven eight for your chance to win a gift card from Brown Sugar Bakery. Bye.